0: This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell.
1: What's going on, hockey fans? Welcome to Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning in their quest to further cement this team as a dynasty, as well as Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games, practices, and storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So... Be sure to download that Odyssey app, hit that auto download button on Pucks and Bolts so that you have brand new episodes waiting for you every single time you open that app and you're staying up to date on your favorite team and all team news. Also, you can stream and download, save, share, subscribe to Pucks and Bolts on any of your other favorite streaming platforms. Be sure to share that with friends and family and all hockey fans, if you will. Guys, I'm Casey Hudson joined by my lovely co-host Kaylee Mizell and it is time for us to get into a break brand new episode of Pucks and Bolts, where the Tampa Bay Lightning opened up their 30th season. Happy 30th, Tampa Bay. Last night versus the Philadelphia Flyer, something Kaylee and I chatted with you guys plenty about, giving you a game preview, a quick little uh, Pucks and Bolts morning after skate breakdown. Uh, Kaylee, how are you? How was the game? How was the opening?
0: I'm great. It it you know, The Lightning put on a fantastic show, Casey. They always have. Mm -hmm. And last night was no different for their 30th season. They brought out all the stops, you know, everything from a 30th video, just telling the story of hockey in Tampa Bay and um, just everything that this team has been through the cup runs and the championships. So it was really cool. Uh, a lot of fans there, uh, sold out crowd, really, really exciting to see. Um, and yeah, I, I think that they do it right. Everything from, you know, the 30th anniversary pucks, which, you know, I tweeted about last night. So if you haven't seen those, be sure to go to at Kaylee on Twitter and just check that out because it's really, really cool what they've done. Um, and so they, they really do have a lot of lure going into mm-hmm. these games. Um, but Casey, it's one of those things where we're in a cold front. The flyers must've brought some, some chilly weather with them and it did not do well for the lightning who lost three, two, uh, giving up, uh, a lead, a two nothing lead to mm-hmm. lose that game to the flyers and their former lightning coach, John Tortorella, um, and so it, it, i know we're gonna get into this more but um happy about the weather not happy, happy. about the uh, <laughs> uh, uh, about what that did for the lightning and now obviously mm-hmm. i'm just joking that's not the weather that, that was the problem but uh but casey there, there were some problems before we get into that how are you doing today
1: oh my gosh um regardless of me still trying to push past this cold, if you will, but I'm loving the cold front outside. I just love seasonal changes. And my parents are like, that doesn't mean that you go play outside, which is crazy. Like, yes, I'm a grown 30 year old woman and I still uh, keep my parents too pretty on everything of my life. But because I'm still trying to push through this, they're like, don't get a a little over enthusiastic there and be outside with your dog all day. And I'm like, okay, I'll work on not doing that. So um, luckily half of a rest day coming up for me and that'll give me over the finish line of this little thing, but I can't complain. It, it's great. Um, regardless of the result last night, it has been a very productive week, if you will. So as you said, Kaylee kind of diving on into the Tampa Bay lightning home opener. Uh, you mentioned they put on a beautiful production. You expect nothing less from one of the greatest teams, honestly, from top to bottom uh, the bolts fall to 18, nine, one with two ties all time and opening home game of a new season. And this is also this season, they fell short, they fell short in their home opener last season as well. So maybe we're not going to sound the alarms yet. I think the biggest thing that I would start with Kaylee that kind of stood out to me is the fact that Tampa Bay outshot the Flyers 39 to 24, including a 17-10 advantage in the second period and still ended up falling short. And Pucks and Bolts fans, the other thing that stands out to me the most that Kaylee and I discuss here on Pucks and Bolts is the fact that the Flyers had a 2-0 deficient comeback versus the Canucks last week. And we mentioned, we, we said it here, we said they cannot allow a Flyers team that made a comeback like that, that's feeling themselves, that's riding high on their winning streak, to come in here and make any sort of comeback. And the unfortunate news to deliver is that that's exactly what they did in almost the same exact uh, timely fashion and structure, Kaylee. It was middle of the second period. Yeah. I mean, it, it really
0: started. Um, I would say it started a little bit. Yeah. And, in, in the second period, maybe, that was maybe a little bit more of a fair goal. Um, uh, You know, but, but getting into that third period is really where I think things, things kind of fell apart. And, and Casey, I spoke to John Cooper after the game and I asked him, I said, mm-hmm. What's you know what's going on with this team? You don't want to generalize so early in this season, but mm-hmm. you know, they're they're they have the lead and they're giving it up, they're not finishing out these games. And he pointed out something interesting. He said, You know what? We we really have only led in two games in the Columbus game, which they ended up finishing and, and getting a win, and in this game, yeah, where yep. they led to nothing, and they should have been able to finish and get the win. Um and and they kind of blew the lead and they weren't able to finish out that game, but it did remind me in some ways and it, it's a different story because you're chasing the game in Pittsburgh, but it did remind me in some ways of that Pittsburgh game because in the third period, that's when things really that's when the wheels really started to come off. Yeah. And when I asked John Cooper about about that he said you looked at their line or you looked at their bench in the third period and they had high energy and they knew what was going on and you look at our bench in the third period and a little more lifeless a little mm-hmm. more lifeless and he he said something that i found really interesting and it was just kind of one of those under the radar comments mm-hmm. but he alluded to the fact that Maybe there's some expectation out there that maybe there's a little bit of lack of urgency, that there's some expectation that... Um That they that they that are a good team they know how to turn it on when they need to and that um, they don't always necessarily they're not always fighting for the puck. Um, yeah. and I and I know that as someone who covers the lightning in in the media it seems confusing it's like do we have to go through this every single year but John Cooper also <laughs> said something again very interesting and he said you know you drill it into their heads. That defense, defense, defense. And he says, you know, of course, somebody could look at the game last night and say, oh, well, if you scored one more goal, if you would have scored one more goal in the third, I would have really put him away. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, is that you have to be able to win and close out two nothing games. You have to be able to do that. Yeah. And the lightning did not. And the reason why they did not is because they did not play good defense is mm-hmm. they did not. And they're still figuring it out on defense. I mean, you lose a guy like Ryan McDonough, you lose you. You have Zach Bogosian hurt mm-hmm. Jan Ruda. I mean, they're really figure They're still in a figuring it out process on defense and that's okay. But the veterans then have to pick it up. You know, Alex yes. also talked after the game and he said, we just didn't do it defensively and, and that's, and, and, you know, they didn't get back. They, they were letting too many odd man rushes go through. They were letting too many two on ones. They were letting too many, you know, all of these things, turnovers, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you look at, they, they had five giveaways, you know, that's, you can't do that, you know? Um, And so that's, that's just
1: something that to me really stood out. Absolutely. And you said, uh, you said about two and of co- a lot of great things there. I dropped but, a lot of bombs on you. <laughs> I know, but I appreciate it. Cause um, per usual right there with you, because there was a few quotes that took place post game last night that kind of stood out at me. And you mentioned the fact that uh, coach Cooper mentioned the lack of urgency and he really did kind of hammer in the fact that the veteran presence is not showing up. They're not leading. Um, and that's pretty much That's, that's not, I don't want to say that's harsh for coop. What I really appreciate about John Cooper is that he's a very honest coach. Um, and he will be that guy to say, Hey, I need to see a lot more veteran presence. I need to see a lot more conversation taking place in this locker room and I'm not seeing it. And for him to mention that last night really makes you think because you and I mentioned too, we need to see more people involved. It can't be the same name on the stat sheets. You can't Mm -hmm. fall into old habits and You know these guys that started building off of successful careers last season, you're not really seeing them putting in much action right now or contributing or communicating, if you will. Um, Pat Maroon had the one fight last night, but other than that, you typically see him kind of riling up that bench, keeping everybody's heads involved a lot more. Alex Kalorn should have had a more bedazzling appearance on the ice, and um, we're not really seeing that either, but it was It was, it was Stammers' comments after the game that stuck out to me the most. It was him mentioning the fact that while they have been able to turn around performances like this and make comebacks on home ice, they need to stop putting themselves in that position and and almost having this expectation that they can do that every single time. So you're just kind of wondering where the headspace is here. And we've talked about it too numerous times. The fact that this team, once they get bonded, once they start to get to know one another, once they have that, you know, big moment, uh, off the ice together, if you will, then they really start to learn how to turn it up and and dial it in. So a lot of great points there, as you mentioned with, with defense, you know, they're still figuring out a lot of things. We mentioned the fact that Nick had his NHL debut and just to give him a little shout out for his first time on the ice. Um, on his NHL debut, he recorded three shots, a hit, a takeaway, and a block shot with 13 minutes and 35 seconds of ice time. So, somebody that they might consider continuing to rotate out there. While we find out more about Philip Myers, um, I would say that Calfoot had a great first first period performance um he's been doing a lot better starting to find more confidence back there so that he can kind of step into a larger role with this team but until they can figure out how to plug those holes in defense and it not just be victor hedman and eric chernak uh taking the most ice time and and you know managing in front of Vasi, then they're gonna be they're gonna be playing on their heels quite a bit you also mentioned the takeaways and the giveaways and whatnot. Another thing to put it in perspective, Pucks and Bolts fans is this is a game, as Kaylee mentioned, that John Cooper said that, you know, they were leading other than versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, mm-hmm. their their shot count <laughs> in comparison to the Flyers is where I'm really just floored, yeah. um, especially when you look at it period by period. There's not one period in this game and I get it. It's just three periods, but there's not one period in this game where the Flyers were anywhere near. The Bolts uh, shot shots on goal. Shots on goal for Tampa Bay in the first period, 10 to the Flyers, 6. Second period, 7 to the Flyers, 10. Third period, 11 to the Flyers, 8. And even when the Flyers dialed it up in the third period, they just shot with intention. Mm-hmm. They, did. they moved with intention. They shot with intention. They had 27 hits to Tampa Bay's 21 hits. Physicality, again, physicality, edge, and speed, something that tends to throw Tampa Bay off of their game. 16 block shots across the way. The one thing Tampa Bay excelled in last night that they haven't been doing so hot in the past few games and typically has kind of been um, a conversation at some point of every season is face-offs. And they came into this game and they ended up doing better with 62.3 face-offs. And I think a big contributing factor there is a Mr. Nick Paul because Mm -hmm. it was Nick Paul who had 51.3% on his faceoff percentage. You saw him in the circle a lot more trying to get the job done. And you can see what his role is starting to cement as with this team because he's racking up some of the top ice time amongst you know your key players like Nikita Kucherov, Brandon Point, and, and Steven Stamkos. So um, I was a little surprised that they were able to let off the gas with this one. Kaylee, was there anything else that you saw in the third period besides, you know, some of those generators for the Flyers that maybe were uh key contributors to the Lightning falling behind?
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with I like that the Lightning took a lot of shots. Um and mm-hmm. I, that was my key going in. Put the buck on the <laughs> net. And they did that, and they did a really good job of that. And not all of them went in, and and it's not always going to go in. I think a really big positive takeaway is the fact that we saw them being able to start producing on special teams um, Mm -hmm. and getting a little bit more um, shut down with the penalty kill. They did allow one uh, power play goal, um, but being a little bit – Better on the penalty kill. And then finally starting to catch their rhythm on the power play. So really happy to see that. And we can get more into that in a little bit because obviously Stephen Stamkos was the guy that was able to get those in, but, but it was thanks and, in, and, in, in part to some other guys. So we're going to get into that, but I want to focus in on something that you just said, Casey. So mm-hmm. in the first period, I, I, I sat there and yesterday, I mean, if you watched our, um, uh, pre preview, then, you know, that I was watching Jeff Halpern yesterday and I was watching who he was practicing with. Jeff Halpern yep. is known for being able to really coach guys up in face-offs. He really knows how to get guys going and, and, and to really help them so that they can start doing better and start producing more in the face-off circle. Um, Steven Stamkos is always really, really a good producer. Um, And Anthony Sorelli was always a really good producer. And so with him out, there have to be other guys that step up. And so you saw a lot of guys yesterday practicing with Halpern because that was an area that they really needed to improve. It was was about 30% coming into this game, which is not going to cut it because, again, it finds you chasing games. Even if you're in your own zone, even on special teams, this was happening quite a bit where you're on special teams. And you get at the face off, and it's in your own zone, and you're on special teams, you're on five on four, and you don't get the puck. And so mm-hmm. now you're chasing for part of the power play and that's just not going to cut it. So yeah. a big reason why they're able to be successful on the power play is actually because of faceoffs, Casey, because you're not chasing the game anymore. And again, that's just so important. You have the puck in your hand. You're able to get those shots on net. So I was really happy to see that, but it's really dynamic because in the first period, their face-offs were still terrible. Like in the <laughs> first period I looked up and I was sitting beside Brian Ingblom, the, the analyst for Bally and he does the last call uh, after the games on the radio. And Bri- I love Brian. He's a great guy. We'll, we'll definitely have him on, on, on the podcast at some point. He's fantastic. And so Brian and I are talking, and he knew that I was paying attention to the face-offs. And we look at what's going on, and it's like 28%. It's 28% Ugh. at the end of the first period, and it's just abysmal. And I start going off, and I'm like, they can't – they're chasing <laughs> the game. You can't get do anything done. What's happening? And then over the course of the next two periods, they really start to get it together. And so they finish with that, you know, wh- what was it, a- above 60% in the faceoff circle. And I just have to give, you know, I give kudos where kudos is due, you know, a, a selly shout out here because – they really did start to improve that. And that's a really good thing. So mm-hmm. I was really happy to see moments and areas of this game improve over time. The face-off circle is one of those things where it was really nice to see them improve in that. That was really, really important because they had a miserable first period in the face-off dot. And then the other <laughs> two periods, they really started getting it together. And you pointed out Nick Paul, but I'm going to point out a guy, Ross Colton. He was five of six in the face-off circle last night, and uh, really, again, really glad to see what he's able to do. Um, Belly is still working on it. He was three for 10 in the faceoff circle, and I, I talked to him yesterday, and he said, again, it's just one of those things. You have to keep working at it. You have to keep improving, um, and he's focused on getting better in that face-off circle because he knows that it's important
1: yeah absolutely. And I'm glad that you mentioned that too, just to bring more insight to it because we I swear we've talked about it. I mean, yes, we're on show four right now. <laughs> it feels like show seventeen um but especially yesterday in, in, in the little morning skate episode that we threw out there, be sure to check out Kaylee's Twitter to catch those I think it was like three little mini sodes that we put yeah. out um but yeah, success starts in the circle and while it wasn't a successful result it's it's you know what we've heard this team say a lot after after wins and losses it's doing the small things right it's Mm -hmm. a simple game i process over outcome exactly i think the key thing they're missing here is just those small steps there's those small pieces in between from north to south that they're just haven't fully pieced together yet and Mm -hmm. i get it we get it um they're still trying to get some guys acclimated um there was a few line changes. I think I feel good about some of these line changes. I feel like they're going to stick with some of them because that's where they're going to start really getting hot on the chemistry. But we're seeing good things for the beginning of it. Um, you mentioned Ross Colton. You mentioned your conversation with Belly, which I love. Mm-hmm. The person that I have to circle back to um, and and kind of give some kudos to while we're handing those out is um, Vlad Nemestikov. We yeah. kind of chatted about him quite a bit. It was exciting to see the um, him and Roscoe and Corey Perry perform on a line together. Um, that's a line that I feel like really should stick with one another.